We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joined by Chris Biederman, as always. He's the 49ers beat writer for the Sacramento Bee. Not as always. I guess I fly solo sometimes. That doesn't matter. Anyways, on today's show, we're discussing San Francisco's loss to the Cowboys and giving out holiday gifts for the 49ers. Thanks so much for listening, and enjoy the show. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Big news to start the show, Chris. Oh, yeah, what's up? Huge. Pro Bowler's name today in an event that... (laughs) It typically doesn't matter that much. Like, it does to the players. It's really cool. But from a Pro Bowl game perspective, it doesn't matter that much, I feel like. But even less so since there's no game this year. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't matter at all, really, from a game (laughs) perspective, because there is no Pro Bowl. But yeah, um, good for Fred Warner, who gets it for the first time. Um, Trent Williams gets it for the eighth time. And uh, Kyle Juszczyk, the fifth time and the fourth time uh, in his four seasons with the 49ers. So... Um, there was a chance, I guess. It, it felt like, you know, guys like Jason Verrett and mm. Jimmy Ward 
maybe Lakin Tomlinson, um, maybe Mitch Wishnowski would maybe Robbie Gold would get consideration, but um ultimately you have to you have to win more games than the 49ers have. So they they have just three. They had four last year and then a bunch of alternates. But um but I think really it's sort of the big takeaway for me is this this is finally the first time that Fred Warner really gets that that national recognition that you know, mm-hmm. there's been a groundswell of talk about how good Fred Warner is, but now this sort of legitimizes him and puts him at that level um, that people were talking about him deserving to be at. I'm going to take a victory lap for my pre-draft take that Fred Warner was going to be a pro bowler. Yeah, so, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm often wrong. So when I get one right, I really like to to drive it home. No. Uh, are you saying then that Mitch Wisnowski was snubbed? Are you ready to put your name on that take? Uh, him and Tabor Pepper, <laughs> definitely. Without a doubt, very in my good, mind. Very bold. <laughs> I think we're going out on. Lips. I mean, I, I I haven't scouted every long snapper, but I feel like Tabor's been. Far but away you, most of them. Yeah, yeah, all the ones that that have happened to be on the screen when I might have been watching a game, maybe. Yeah, you're a big, big long snapper guy. Yeah, Anyways, big special 49ers, teams guy. 49ers fall to the Cowboys, forty-one to thirty-three. They are officially eliminated from the postseason after the Cardinals beat the Eagles 33 to 26. Um, this felt inevitable. At what point, Chris, because I, I found myself each week talking myself into these playoff scenarios because the Niners were still alive. I mean, whether it's 5% or 3%, whatever, there was this roadmap where you saw it go, okay, they win out. And they get a little help here. The Vikings collapse. The Lions collapse. Like, it wasn't totally unrealistic. But at what point did you kind of, I don't want to say write them off, but at what point in your in your brain were they realistically eliminated? I think for me, the last straw was the Buffalo game. And, and I, I think, you know, after the Rams game, I was with you and and I think we even talked about it on the pod. Like there was definitely a roadmap there and Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have surprised me at all had the 49ers gone on a run because, you know, in in 2017, they won five straight to end the season, albeit under completely different circumstances. They they played a lot of their best football, maybe with the exception of that Falcons game after the Saints game um, and before that Rams game in 2019. But um, you know, this is a team that I think they were 10 and five or 10 and six um, under Kyle, uh, in December under Kyle Shanahan. So it was a team that's played typically its best football of the regular season in December. But after losing to Buffalo, the way they lost it, just getting outclassed the way they did, the defense really having no answers. And the defense has sort of been the the backbone of, of the team throughout the season um, against a real legitimate playoff team, maybe a top three team in the AFC right now. Um, that to me was it. And and I think going to Arizona had a lot to do with it. Um, I just couldn't imagine how demoralizing it must be from the players. And and I get the feeling that they are pretty demoralized, but they're not mm-hmm. saying it. Right. Um, but I just can't imagine how demoralizing it must have been to win that Rams game, have that momentum that you think you've built up, and then have to go to Arizona, uproot the entire operation and, and do all that stuff. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much it's being talked about in the aftermath of this Cowboys game, um, but I, I do think it's a pretty demoralized team from an emotional standpoint, just because, you know, they're holed up in a hotel in yeah. Glendale, Arizona. Um, 
you know, all to their own rooms. To, you know, I, I've. I don't I even Super want Bowl to be week. not holed up in a hotel in Arizona or What's in Glendale that? specifically. I don't even want to be in Glendale at all. Right. So it's understandable. Right. And like, you know, I've been there like one of the hardest work weeks of my life professionally was a Super Bowl. And that was because I spent so much time in my hotel room working, um, you know, pretty much alone. Like I was the Niners had late availability. So I was up writing. We were recording pods like I was up till probably three in the morning every night in Miami. Mm-hmm. and it was stressful but yeah you, you know, like it was a lonely and tough week for me and and i'm not complaining like it was fun i got to go cover the super bowl in miami it was it was right. a great time but it was <laughs> worst just really places tough. to cover the super bowl <laughs> yeah really yeah exactly um but like it's like mentally taxing to like and i was there for a week so these guys are gonna have been there for a month and five weeks by the end of the season so like you know, the fact that this is a demoralized team that's not playing its greatest football, given all the injuries and the fact that they're in Arizona, like it's not super surprising to me. Right. Um, But yeah, I, I thought the Buffalo game, that was the clear demarcation point from nah, this team doesn't really have a run in it because I think they probably needed to win that game or at least play a lot better. Um, They definitely needed to take care of Washington. Um, And after losing to Washington, I think what happened on Sunday against the Cowboys you know it the Niners should have beaten the Cowboys I think they're better than the Cowboys but you can't mm-hmm. turn the ball over and win and uh it just continued to trend and and you know I don't we we can we'll, we'll talk about it but um it, it wasn't a, a shocking development for me to see Nick Mullins have a bad game and, and likely the last start he's going to get this season I would think right it's going to be really it would be really hard to justify putting him back out there I think but yeah, like, you can make like the said, case we'll he probably should have he shouldn't have gotten the start um in Dallas to begin with, and it should have been CJ Beathard over the final three weeks. Let's 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 put a pin in that. Uh that's one of my favorite like sayings is we're gonna put a pin in that. So right. uh, I liked getting to use it in context. Thank you. Uh <laughs> I think organized. for me, it it was when I was thinking about this earlier when I thought the season was quote unquote over. So it felt like it after week two, right? And this is just a, indicative of how much of a roller coaster 2020 has been. So walk through this with me. Week two, it felt like the season was over because they lose Nick Bosa. Jimmy Garoppolo's out for who knows how long. And it's like you lose your starting quarterback and you lose Raheem Mostert, your most effective running back who's having a great start to the year, and you lose Nick Bosa. It feels like that's too many injuries to overcome. But then they come out in week three and they dominate against the Giants and it's like, oh, okay, like they're 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 back. Uh, they lose week four to Philly, but the Garoppolo coming back thing is still there and and you know they're going to get healthier. So it's still... the point that I thought it was really over was week eight, yeah. When Garoppolo goes down, Kittle goes down. They just lost to the Seahawks to kind of effectively end their their hopes of winning the division. And then they go out and they get blown out in week nine against Green Bay. They lose an ugly one to the Saints in week 10. And that was the point that I, I had kind of just gone, okay, this this season is what it is. They're playing out the string. But then, like you said, they come out after the bye week, they get healthy, and they beat the Rams. Mm-hmm. So I think week 13, that was a roundabout way of saying week 13 was the official, like, there's no coming back from this. Yeah. Um that they, they the the Bills just looked it was 
that was a playoff team beating a non-playoff team. Right. So, Convincingly. Yeah, week, week 13 was, was it. Yeah, because if if they win that Bills game, then they have all sorts of momentum going into mm-hmm. the Washington game. They're probably feeling a whole lot better about themselves, and they probably play better in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, then the Cowboys game, obviously very winnable. And then the last two NFC West games against Arizona and Seattle, you're thinking, well, you know, can we get Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle back? Right. And then you start to think about week 17 last year in the finale against the Seahawks. And you're like, well, this, you know, they've done it before. They've been in this spot. Like they're not, you know, they're they're not going to be completely overmatched in week 17 against the Seahawks. And so that that's why it it was alive for me. But ultimately, like losing these games is 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 a good scenario for the 49ers. Right. Like we mm. talk uh, all the talk that is going to happen and that has been happening about the quarterback situation, it's going to get a whole lot easier for the 49ers to solve whatever quarterback issues they have if they lose these games. Yeah. So as much as people want to be upset and blame Kyle Shanahan for a loss against the Cowboys in December and Washington and and not having an excellent backup quarterback who can get the team to the playoffs, like if you want to blame Kyle Shanahan for that, fine. But ultimately, um, well, you know, this is a situation that it helps the 49ers because the better their draft pick, the more just the more valuable the asset is, whether they want to trade it, whether they want to use the pick on a quarterback, whether they're able to move up in the draft to get a quarterback, the higher the pick, the, the better, the better equipped you are. And it happens throughout the draft, right? You have the eighth pick in the first round. You're going to have the eighth pick in the second round Mm -hmm. and, and so on. And so, so it's like, you know, ultimately it's, it's unfortunate for the 49ers and that it's a losing season. And obviously their expectations were super high, but like, to me, the the ship sailed on this season weeks ago, right? Like that Buffalo game, sure. and now, now losing these games, I, I don't think fans should be upset. I think it's probably it's probably for the best in the long run. I understand the the fan that wants their favorite team to win every game. I get it. Whether it's week seventeen and they're they're thirteen and two, or it's week seventeen and they're two and thirteen, they want their team to win every single game. But the fact of the matter is, is in the NFL, success comes on extremes. If you're not making the playoffs, you want to have the first pick. There is nothing good that comes out of having the 14th pick. There's no honor in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I mean, sure, you say, okay, the my favorite team won seven games instead of four. That's three better. But if those three wins mean the difference between having the number four pick and the number 13 pick, that's a franchise altering space if if you do the draft right. And I think the Niners this year, now that they're not going to make the playoffs, and this is just to your point for all the reasons you laid out, it benefits them greatly down the stretch to lose these next two. Yeah. That's that is un undoubted, especially if Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle aren't coming back and it's still Nick Mullins and it's still the number of backups they have playing. I, I just I I think when you look at what happened in 2018 and then they get Nick Bosa with the number two pick, not the exact same scenario, but pretty close. If, if they're going to go lose and, and get a top 10 pick with, with a five and 11 record. Yeah. So I, I do want to shift the conversation to, you know, sure. how much is Kyle Shanahan to blame for this season and the missteps the, the team has taken. Um, mm-hmm. And just the fact now, I mean, the reality of the Kyle Shanahan era is this is three straight losing seasons, more than likely 
not three straight, three out of four losing right. seasons. And in those losing seasons, looks like all three of them are going to be double digit losses, which isn't great. Um, and I understand there are people who say it's a results based business and they want to base Kyle Shanahan off his win loss record, which is 28 and 34, um, which is fine. But I, I think if, if you want to base your entire opinion off Kyle Shanahan's win loss record, I think you're ignoring a big part of context, which was the first two seasons he was brought in, which were rebuilding seasons, right? Like he, sure. he inherited a two and 14 team and they remade the entire roster. So I don't know that it's fair to judge Kyle Shanahan based on what happened in 2017, other than the fact that they found, you know, what they thought is their franchise quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo and ultimately, the big takeaway from that season is they decided to make their bed with, with Garoppolo. Yes. Um, and going 6-10 and 10 is a positive, but, I think. And in 2018, yeah, 2017 is a positive, right? Um, 2018 obviously didn't go to plan in large part because of the injuries and Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, that team was destroyed by injuries, too, outside of Jimmy Garoppolo, um, similar to this year. And then ultimately, it led to 2019. You picked Nick Bosa second overall. So in terms of the quality of the rebuilding effort to go from two and 14 team with the number two pick in the draft in the Super Bowl within three years, I think just about anybody would take that. Yes. So to look at Kyle Shanahan's win loss record now after another, after another loss season, because largely because of injuries, I mean, you can say it's a results based business and you are what your record says you are and all that, but I just think it's crazy. It, like, it's wild to me that, the it's process so is being ignored. You know, it's mm -hmm. we're we're judging only on results and not the process at all. Yes. Um so for me, like my opinion on Kyle Shanahan is as maybe one of the top five, six, seven coaches in the NFL. Like that hasn't mm -hmm. really changed through all this. Yeah. Like if Kyle Shanahan could coach up high ankles to not sprain, um, <laughs> I think that would be a huge asset for him. But other than that, like he has warts, sure. Like, not everything he does is perfect. Right. And I think there are some personnel decisions that the 49ers are going to have to grapple with and some mistakes that they've made along the way. But, like, big time. Overall, you lose your quarterback, you're all pro tight end, you lose your top two running backs for most of the season or at least half of the season. Um, Debo Samuel, your top receiver, is his season's basically a wash because of injuries. You lose Nick Bosa, you lose D4, you trade DeForest Buckner. Um, you don't have Richard Sherman for a large chunk of the season, and the Sherman that you get back at the end of the year um, doesn't look like the same Sherman who was playing at at a really high level last year. So, right. I mean, you want to blame Kyle Shanahan for that? Go ahead. Um, I think if Jim Tom Sula or Jim Kelly or Chip Kelly's coaching this team, I think it's a it's a two or three win outfit. And the yeah. fact the 49ers were competitive enough for us to even talk about playoff roadmaps in December speaks to the fact that Kyle Shanahan actually is a good coach and was coaching um, above the talent level or coaching the 49ers beyond their talent level just to remain relevant for as long as they did this season. The results-based business thing, that's for the Hugh Jacksons of the world that go 1-31. and 31 <laughs> And, you know, maybe there's some signs of growth, but hey, it's 1-31. and 31. Uh, results based are for like Jason Garrett, who never got the Cowboys over the hump or for Marvin Lewis, who never got the Bengals past a wild card round or, uh, the Mike Smiths of the world who never got, never got the Falcons beyond, uh, the, I think the NFC title game. So 
that's where the results come in. When it's this long-term, repeated, on-field issue. Right. That's not been the case. And that's why the the people that I speak to in my life who wonder how much blame Kyle Shanahan has earned, I, I challenge them to come up with something that Kyle Shanahan could have done drastically differently in the three losing seasons that they've had. And I, I, I will, the trading up to draft CJ Beathard, that's an indefensibly bad miss. And I think that you can argue that they did not handle the backup quarterback situation correctly. And I think that's just like a philosophical thing. Like the Eagles had Carson Wentz and then went and drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. Like they just, they had a second quarterback ready. Um, but even that, not a lot of teams are investing a ton in their backup quarterbacks. So that's not a like crazy, fireable, everything is done wrong offense. To me, the biggest, the biggest indictment of Kyle Shanahan's tenure is the first round of the 2017 draft yeah. when they needed a quarterback. They ended up taking Solomon Thomas, um, leaving Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes on the board, right? And so, yes. you know, Kyle Shanahan, his focus on Kirk Cousins throughout that whole process and ignoring the possibility not ignoring but not not really giving the team a chance to to really evaluate the quarterbacks and draft them draft one of them I think was probably his biggest misstep because I you know like I think it was I think it was pretty apparent before the draft like I thought Patrick Mahomes would be a late first uh, round prospects, um, mm-hmm. maybe early second, and I even wrote as much that the 49ers should try to take him early in the second round. One of your best takes. One of my best takes. Yeah, I felt weird typing it, but I wrote like this guy's this guy's like Brett Favre, and uh, that was before the draft, and I felt I didn't want to be like hyper hyperbole guy. Sure, but that's hey. like, but <laughs> I it it's probably one of my best takes. I feel like I'm good at evaluating college quarterbacks, not to not to like nice, brag or dude. anything, but Can I think it's one of my strong suits. What's that? Can we make a video of you saying that? Yeah, we're recording this for the first time on video. Uh, one of the we started recording late, by the way. That's my bad. Oh no. Problem. Um, I think it's. I don't want to get on a Patrick Mahomes thing because you can turn on any channel and get a Patrick Mahomes thing right now. But the fact that you said he was going to be like he could be like Brett Favre, Brett Favre, and that way undershot it. Is yeah, that's wild. wild. <laughs> that's wild. So so. I want to. I think you and I are simpatico in the in the Shanahan. Thing. Yeah. If they start going seven and nine or eight and eight with Garoppolo and the rest of the team relatively, you know, normal NFL healthy, right? Where guys are going to be banged up, they're going to have guys in and out of the lineup. But if they, for the most part, have Garoppolo, Kittle, Bosa, those guys there, and they start going seven and nine, eight and eight. Then okay, let's. But I'm tabling the Kyle Shanahan thing for now. Oh, one more point, please. Twenty-two and eight with Jimmy Garoppolo, twenty-four and nine, including including the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right, so he's four and. Tw- <laughs> I need to do the math. Uh, four and twenty-eight with quarterbacks not named Jimmy Garoppolo starting games. Is that right? That can't be right. Is it that bad? There's no way that's right. Twenty-eight and thirty-four, twenty-two it was and eight, three in twenty eighteen. Five One and in 20... 2017, that's four. And then however many this year. Two? Five wins? 
six ones? So, sorry, six and six and twenty-eight. Wow. So math. So we can say, <laughs> you know, Kyle Shanahan missed on Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard. We could probably say I mean twenty-two and eight with Garoppolo speaks for itself. It de- and, it- and that's sort of what I judge Kyle Shanahan on. But at the same time, it's like Garoppolo hasn't been healthy. So at a certain point, you have to judge Shanahan on that too. Also, I don't know how much that factors in right now because it still feels a little early to move on for, from Jimmy Garoppolo for me, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did. I know wins aren't a quarterback stat. Like I'm, I'm, yeah, fully, I'm yeah. fully on board with that. But that drastic of a difference means that Jimmy Garoppolo matters. And teams yeah. having their starting quarterback matters. It's like an entirely different football team. Yes. yes. Yeah. And I know that there is a contingent of fans that thinks that they're basically the same player. And they're just not. Right. Like, this this Niners team is not on their way to 5-11 and 11 if Garoppolo starts. At least I don't think. No. So speaking of Nick Mullins, does Nick Mullins get another start for San Francisco? I would be very surprised because Same. given that, I mean, I feel like you know what you have in Nick Mullins at this point. You have a big enough sample size. Um, I think it's time to to give C.J. Beathard the, these last two starts. See what you have yeah. with him because it really has been a while since he started um, since he started games and, and you do have to make a decision on him uh, because he is a free agent. He hasn't started a game since 2018. Yeah, 2018. I was just looking. Yeah, so, I mean, you have you have 10 games from Nick Mullins this season. You have 16 starts for Mullins. Um, he's 5-11. and 11. It, I know quarter, quarter, uh, wins aren't a quarterback stat. But 49ers <laughs> are 5-11 and 11 with Nick Mullins as their starting quarterback. So I think that, that sort of speaks to um, where they're at with him and the fact that they do have a full season sample size with him now. So... Yeah, I'm starting Beathard because you have to figure out if you want to bring him back next year um, or if you want to invest a draft pick. But yeah, I think I think everybody's seen enough from Nick Mullins. I know he can move the ball. Um, his numbers are impressive. The fact that, you know, he has 4,400 yards in Something 16 starts, like that's that's a really good number. That's more than Jimmy Garoppolo had throughout the entire season last year. But part of it is because he gives the ball, Mullins gives the ball away. Exactly. And they start playing garbage time really early. Exactly. Yeah. So, so there's context. I think Nick Mullins now is a fully known quantity and you you yeah. give Beathard a chance. And it gives you a chance to not only lose games if you think CJ Beathard's worse than Nick Mullins, because losing is probably the right thing to do at this point. Um, but it gives you a chance to evaluate Beathard too. I'm glad you said that because I have a question. We've established that winning the next couple for the 49ers isn't the best outcome. So put that off the table for a minute. Is it better for Kyle Shanahan if C.J. Beathard comes in and is terrible or if C.J. Beathard comes in and just lights it up? I mean, the optics would be better. I mean, if he he lights it up, then you feel like you have your backup for next year. Okay. And it justifies a little like, okay, that's the guy we thought we were getting when we traded up in the third round. Yeah. But then, on the other hand, it turns to, why wasn't this guy starting in week four? Right. 
And so that's the kind of like balance that I, I don't I don't think Bethard's gonna come in and light it up. Maybe he does just kind of normal Mullins type stuff and is just a run of the mill backup quarterback in a in a starting role. But if he comes in and just throws for like six hundred and fifty yards and eight touchdowns and one interception and the Niners win one or two of their, their final games, that's gonna be very, very tough to justify all the Nick Mullins starts that came before those. That's true, but I mean, any argument for Nick Mullins is in the numbers too. Like the forty-four hundred yards over sixteen starts is is no joke. Like that's for a backup quarterback. That's the second most in his first sixteen starts of any quarterback in the Super Bowl era. Sure. So like Mullins but, can move the ball. Also, I think I think Shanahan has been justified. What's that? I said, but he also moves the ball to the wrong team a lot. Well, right, but but I I mean the the thing is like. For a backup quarterback, Nick Mullins can be productive. It's just now sure. you're to a point where, all right, he's not he's not getting over the turnover thing. Yeah. Used to it used to be a small enough sample size to where you could say, all right, he turns the ball over, he can work on that. If he works on that, then we'll we'll feel good about our backup. But now it's like, all right. Yeah. Enough's enough. I would have I think if and I and I brought this up on on the pod right after the game. I know you were dialed in, so uh you can check out here because i'm just repeating stuff you heard but (laughs) but um i would have a really hard time if i'm on the 49ers defense and they've played their ass off for two consecutive weeks i have a really hard time believing that that defense is going to go out there and continue to try their ass off if the 49ers are trotting out a quarterback that's going to give the other team three extra possessions Fred Warner basically said as much after the game. He didn't say it specifically about the quarterbacks, but he was like, Mm. (laughs) we have to play complimentary football. Uh, I feel, you know, he said, you know, doing the same thing over and over again. We need to stop doing the same thing over and over again. And I think that, you know, I think that's a veiled shot maybe at at the quarterback play or at least the offense just turning the ball over. Because Warner's a captain. I mean, he has has the equity in the locker room to like, be able to say, hey, offense, stop turning the ball over. You know, so like, yeah, I, I think the 49ers are feeling that, and I think the defense would probably be invigorated by a change. I just, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds on on Sunday's game because it kind of is what it is. It felt like a replay of the Washington game a little bit. Yeah. It was actually kind of entertaining. It, it was for the most part. There are a lot of points and some yeah. big plays and all that. But... Man, I don't <laughs> the first the first Mullins turnover, I get it. The second one, especially when Kyle Shanahan was harping all week on the turnovers are gonna be the thing, and if he's turning the ball over, it'll be a short leash. The first one, you know, I I kinda get. It was a good play by Demarcus Lawrence, and he's one of the highest paid edge rushers in the league, and he's gonna make plays. The second one, that was a bad interception. <laughs> After the third one, I guess they just thought the game was over, and so they'd roll him out there anyways. I don't. Yeah. I I just the the talk during the week didn't line up at all with how the game played out. Yeah, and I I that's that's something that that's another thing. If you want to talk about Shanahan, that's a question that I would love to get his. I know we probably never will, but I would love to get his real like this is the honest to God truth answer on. I think Kyle Shanahan is dealt a losing hand and people are railing on him for not having a Royal flush Delta losing Shanahan. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> you want a break now? 
<laughs> but but I you know like you, you all the injuries including your star quarterback it's like all right go uh, go win this pot with a uh, with a two seven offsuit <laughs> right and it's not just if they were fu- okay here's 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 one thing if they were fully healthy if they had everybody and it was just the quarterback then maybe but it's it's just not and yeah I, I I'm assuming everybody listening to this podcast is tapped into the Niners injury situation. And that's just what it is. Uh, an eight and eight finish that landed the Niners in the playoffs would have been a borderline miracle. So yep. five and eleven or six and ten is not uh, an abject failure by by any players or coaches. Now, if the 49ers are healthy next year and they're not contending for a Super Bowl, then that's a, that's a big problem. Yes, I agree. But I'm just not there. Not there yet. I don't. The season's been too sorry. weird. Sorry if anybody's I... looking for mega hot takes. Yeah, fire, fire Kyle everybody. Shanahan. Get of everybody. How how quickly do you think Kyle Shanahan would get a job if he got fired? Uh, would it be, like, would it take him a day? Oh, not even. I think we've been through this before on the Bob, but there's like 17 teams that would fire their coach immediately. Yeah, like immediately. <laughs> he would. <laughs> it's so, it's wild to me, man. It's wild. The discussion surrounding hey. the 49ers when they lose games is wild to me. I was driving around running errands today, and I was like. Listening to talk radio is like talk wow. radio, man. <laughs> talk radio. It's a it's a crazy thing. Uh one did you know there are still Robert Sala truthers out there, by the way? What are what are they saying? That he's not good? That, yeah, that Sala sucks. And that once a team starts scoring, then no they don't stop. Dude. <laughs> it's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, they're, they're they're the fifth ranked defense in the league with all of their good players <laughs> wild wild stuff let's let's break and then we're going to hand out some holiday gifts to the 49ers 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient which means every hire is critical indeed is here to help indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site According to Comscore, Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria and you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore's total visits, so it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with this free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is our best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, football is back in full swing, and you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. I'm telling you, the player props tool is the best. It's like individual fantasy football 
matchups, not even matchups, but like watching one or two players that you really want to see do well, it's the best way to consume football, I'm telling you. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every single day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, it's a holiday season, so we're going to do a holiday bit on the pod because we're festive. (laughs) Uh, Let's put together the 49ers wish list for the rest of this season and into next season. Let's do it. In the interest of not belaboring the bit, we're going to do two things each. And I'm going to start with health for just the rest of 2020 like just the rest of this season i guess technically 2021 because they play january 3rd but the rest of this season and i say that because if something if they had an injury happen in the last two games that carried over into next season like that would just be the ultimate disaster i think they want to wash their hands of the 2020 season And once it's done, just get past it and kind of move on. They have a huge free agency coming up. Uh, They're going to have the draft coming up where they'll presumably have a pretty high pick. And I think uh, uh, some kind of long-term injury to a player that would take them into training camp or or possibly into, into the regular season would be devastating. So at the top of my list is health the rest of the way in 2020. For me, um, I I think the 49ers should put on their wish list to keep Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle on ice. <laughs> don't don't allow them to play football. Let it be a gift to everybody involved in the organization. Some peace of mind that you're not going to risk Jimmy Garoppolo aggravating his high ankle sprain and potentially needing surgery and potentially preventing him from being able to pass a physical in the spring if you did want to cut him or trade him um that would be really difficult to do if he was injured so keep jimmy garoppolo healthy uh is an important thing and also like i know george kittle loves to play football and it's going to be really difficult to keep him off the field if he's healthy but like don't play george kittle eat no matter how much he wants to play keep him on the sideline let him get healthy are you Um, telling him you're what's that are you telling him? I'll make a. I don't want to be that guy. I can. I can tell. I can. I can say it's a kittle. I mean, it doesn't matter because it's not my decision. Like you know, <laughs> so, like I could tell kittle. I'm I could tell kittle, and it might not matter. You know, I'm imagining the scenario where you walk up to him and you're like, George, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering how that would go. Yeah, it would be. That would be interesting. Um. No, it, new uh, spectacle endorser, George Kittle. Yeah. By Zenny the way, he's eyewear. a big glasses guy, apparently. Official eyewear of the 49ers. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I mean, I think dealing with me made George Kittle like glasses, I think. 
Wow. Just like being around. This is unbelievable. <laughs> just just being around like his favorite media member constantly. He has he has he has glasses the, envy, I think. Yeah, he he took that selfie when you wanted a photo <laughs> of the Garoppolo shirt and he made you do this selfie to get it. Right. Uh I think he l- looks at that photo from time to time, sees your glasses and was like I need an eyewear endorsement. Yep. That had to be it. Yeah. Who who could blame him? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, they got it. They 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 don't actually. They should not play Jimmy Garoppolo or George Kittle. I wholeheartedly agree. I was a little bit surprised that they opened Kittle's practice window before knowing what the final couple weeks held. Yeah, but I think just getting him on the practice field is probably better than just letting him sit. Uh, I I don't envision a scenario where they even entertain bringing Garoppolo back. Yeah, I agree. I would be stunned. It's got to be Beathard. Yeah, it has to be. Or Josh Johnson. Would oh, you that would rather... be fun. Oh, I, I would... Okay. Can we back up? Pause the wish list. Going back to the quarterback thing. Do you think there's any part of Shanahan that is like, hey, I want to see what certain stuff would look like with a quarterback who can run a bit? And... I think that's overblown. A lot of people are are making that, um, are talking about Shanahan maybe yes. wanting a, a more mobile quarterback. I think he would like a quarterback with mobility, but I think he would view that as sort of a bonus. Yes, or I like agree. having that skill set in your bag is nice, but I don't think Shanahan wants to build an offense around a quarterback's legs totally in the way that. Greg Roman's done with Lamar Jackson, right? To- totally. But just to get, like, if there's a couple things he wants to do schematically where he just wants to get it on tape and see what it looks like. Yeah. You don't see that scenario happening? Because that's how it's playing out in my head. I mean, he did it with Robert Griffin already. Yeah, I mean, but that wasn't, do it I mean, just that to was... do it. Just to see. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, to me, I-, I envision Shanahan more wanting an athletic quarterback to do, like, josh allen like um off script type things yeah because they don't really have like garoppolo hasn't been doing that really since his acl tear mullins will you know maybe make one or two (laughs) like off schedule plays a game but having a quarterback that could that can make off schedule plays i think shanahan would love priority a is having a quarterback who can make all the throws and like you said the the mobility stuff is a bonus yeah that's it that's a good way of putting it. I think he would, if he had the choice between a quarterback who could run and a quarterback who was really accurate and effective on deep passes, I think he would take the deep passes. Okay, but okay, let's take that quarterback, the accurate quarterback guy that you were just talking about who doesn't run. Zach Wilson. Okay, so let, <laughs> let's, no, let's, let's say he has the option to have Peyton Manning or Peyton Manning with Josh Allen's mobility. He's taking the mobility guy. Yeah. If it's the I mean, exact yeah. same. Okay. There's no reason That's not all. to. He's not averse. There's this thing I hear against Sports Talk Radio. There's this thing I hear where it's like, oh, he doesn't want a quarterback that can run. Like, I, that's false. I yeah. don't think that's true at all. Yeah. I just needed he, to get that out. And yeah. Josh Johnson was my vehicle for it. Yeah. No, I, I think that's accurate. I, I think he would not want to build around a running quarterback because I think he realizes that that sort of limits your ceiling but i don't but, even 
but like running, running running quarterback running the op, running the offense that the Ravens run. Yes. I don't right. Yeah. That's what I mean. You have like to be I don't able think to make he throws. wants to do that. And I don't think he wants to do the um the Robert Griffin offense because if he did, he probably, you know, would have kept Colin Kaepernick. Sure. You know, in 2017. Yeah. Right? Like they could have done that. I agree. So, um All right. Back to the, the program. I am putting on the 49ers holiday wish list a top 5 draft pick. I don't actually think they'll get there. They'll probably, if they lose these two, they'll be what, six, seven, eight, something like that? Well, consider this. They lost to the four and nine Cowboys and went zero spots in the draft. They were went into the day picking 12th. They left the day picking 12th. There are so many god-awful football teams in the NFL this year. <laughs> yeah. That I think that, I literally think the 49ers won too many games. At five. <laughs> Assuming they lose out, they might not and just really screw themselves up. But I'm putting on their wish list the event that happens where they lose out and a bunch of teams ahead of them win one or two of their final games. Because there's just a log jam of five and nine teams and some four and ten teams. There are a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. Yep. They need to move up if that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Top five draft pick makes sense. Um, Thanks. I Even have if a take. it's not, having a higher draft pick is better than having a lower draft pick. Put my name on that take. Yeah. But but we would be missing out on the immense satisfaction of winning these last two games in December for, you know, all the marbles. I'll tell you what, writing about wins is a lot better than writing about losses. Yeah, that's true. It's tough to be like, well, yeah, I that that is true. <laughs> it's going to be difficult to write about. Good news, colon, nice. 49ers lose again. <laughs> Um, my column. I have a take I ran by you and Wagner in the group chat last night. Um, I think the 49ers should draft two quarterbacks, no matter what. Um, and, two and maybe the say it Cornerback. again. You said cornerbacks, quarterbacks, cornerbacks, defensive. I backs. think they should draft two if they end up having ten draft picks, which is a possibility. Okay. Um, I think the 49ers should draft two. And I think they should let Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard walk um, in free agency. And I would draft two. I would draft a second or third round guy. Um, assuming you keep Garoppolo or, you know, trading for Matt Stafford or whatever. Yes. I would still draft two. Um, I would I'm draft a quarterback in the second or third round. And I would draft a quarterback in the fifth or sixth round. So you have a very clear delineation of the pecking order, right? In terms of like starter backup. And third stringer right and the more bites at, i just think the more bites at the apple you take the more likely you are to hit on somebody yeah right so like if you get a quarterback at the top of round two maybe that's not a guy who you feel comfortable starting right away but you do have garoppolo or whatever veteran you're you're gonna start in the meantime yeah and then you have your second and third guy so if you do deal with injuries it's not the catastrophe at quarterback that this year has been because of Nick Mullins and, and CJ Beathard. And you're, you're able to develop them. Um, you know, th- there's, there's no harm could come from developing two quarterbacks within your system mm-hmm. and you, and using draft picks to get them rather than trying to sign them off the street. Could even get an undrafted guy like Anthony Gordon. <laughs> you could, you definitely could. So no, Always I, possible. I, <clears throat> 
I thought we were getting into the Stafford thing there and I got really excited because that's one of my favorite like hypotheticals. But we'll get to that at a different date. I when I first read your text, it was one of those like I'm going to put the phone down and come back to it because maybe I'm missing something. And I I actually am inclined to agree with you. Because it's so clear that if they move forward with Garoppolo, like let's let's go to the world where they do. If they move forward with Garoppolo, you cannot, based on his four seasons as a starter, you can't rely on him to stay healthy. Right. So if you draft a quarterback in the second round and he doesn't see the field, great. But in the event that you're without Garoppolo for three weeks, Nick Mullins isn't going to cut it. Like, it, it not for, not for a team that expects to be contending for a playoff buy. Right. That's that's you start Mullins for three games. You're one and two if you're lucky. Any second round quarterback they draft is going to be miles more talented than C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins. Yes. Yes. And it's also contingent and Wagner brought this up, but it, in my head, it was, you know, it was on the basis of the 49ers having 10 picks, right. which is and, possible and, if and they get a third relatively early in the second round, right? If they got a third round pick for, for Robert Sala getting a head coaching job. And then, you know, like if they got a third round pick for that and use yeah. that on a quarterback, I think that would be a brilliant move on their part. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think so. And I know you're always a big trade back advocate. Yeah. Even if you trade back in the first round and recoup a, a second round pick that you then use on a on a quarterback. I Yeah, or just trade back in, in round one. You know, like move back into the late twenties, get a ton of like second and thirds, and maybe at the you get the quarterback oh, you, you like at the back of the first round or sure. early in the second or whatever. You know, yeah, we'll talk about all that. But that that's my I think the 49ers should move on from both Mullins and Beathard and, and draft guys. It's too it's too important to have a good backup. And if they end up being really good in the preseason, you have enough coaches running a version of Kyle Shanahan's offense that maybe that turns into a valuable trade ship down the road. Yeah. Right. Like it's, yes. you know, developing quarterbacks is a very important thing to do. And if the 49ers can develop two different ones, um, I say they do it. And that's, uh, yeah, two quarterbacks. That should be on their holiday wish list. Even I like though, that. Even though April's way after Christmas, but just planting the seed now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of those like, ah, it's on back order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mac Jones is on back order. I ordered a golf club in uh, November and it still hasn't come yet. So maybe that's what it's like. Wow. Yeah. It's Cust- nothing- custom fitted. It's- Literally nothing like that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you dropped a humble brag that you're getting a custom fitted golf club. Sick dude. It's not really custom fitted. I went. I went to the mm-hmm. PGA store and, and they swung the same club with way. a bunch of different shafts and picked a shaft that I like that I hit the ball well with, and then ordered that one. So. You so not really custom fitted. And what's that <laughs> nothing it just uh yeah that's that's pretty cool man uh i swing hand me down clubs so custom given 
you have you have some nice clubs. I do. I'm I'm not going to complain about my golf clubs, especially on this podcast about the 49ers. That's <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this week. I will be back Saturday after the 49ers play the Cardinals. I'll jump on uh, for a quick post-game instant analysis. And then you and I, I'm assuming, will do Monday for a Tuesday pod. Yeah. Okay. So back to a normal schedule next week. Yes. Done. Yeah. So we'll record Monday and we'll be back. And then we still need to figure out the off-season plan. But um, that's something we can do away from... Yeah, I mean, I'm unless down. you want to, unless you want to walk the listeners through our process. I mean, we could We're under an hour right now. <laughs> we could <laughs> we could bring back the uh, the old school games. The oh, um, true. Oh man, the rewatch games. What, what did we call them? those? We had a real good name for them. I can't remember, but anyways, yeah, we'll definitely <laughs> do that. That was fun. I plan on doing more guest stuff in the off season. That should be that should be a good time. So a ton of good 49ers content coming out here. And check out there's multiple Niners podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Striking Gold uh, with Eric Crocker and Rob Lauder. Very good stuff. They're constantly churning out content. So check those guys out as well. And uh, as always, subscribe, rate, and review to Candlestick Chronicles if you haven't already. We'll see you guys after the 49ers face the Cardinals. And happy holidays, everybody. That too. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.